from studios in Chicago and New York, this is a Rail Group On Air special podcast series, The Coronavirus and the Rail Industry. Welcome back to Rail Group on Air, a joint podcast of Railway Age, Railway Track and Structures, and International Railway Journal. I'm Railway Age Editor-in-Chief William C. Vantuono, and I am here with Railway Track and Structures Editor-in-Chief Bill Wilson. This is our special series on the COVID-19 pandemic and how it is affecting the rail industry. So first, here's an update on what's happening in the freight industry. There was a significant development on Friday, the 27th, and that was the signing of the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security, or CARES Act. This is a $2 trillion stimulus package that addresses the devastating economic and societal impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic, and the CARES Act includes many funding measures that directly benefit the railway industry, all modes, freight and passenger. Uh, Bill Wilson is going to talk about the uh, uh, transit aspect of that. So in terms of freight, the most significant development or the most significant provision of the CARES Act is uh, railroad unemployment insurance. The uh, the CARES Act waives the seven-day waiting period for filing a sickness or unemployment claim with the Railroad Retirement Board, or RRB, and provides $50 million to cover the cost of providing these additional benefits. It increases unemployment benefits through an additional $1,200 biweekly benefit and provides $425 million to cover the costs of providing these additional benefits, and that's through July 31st of this year. It uh, allows the RRB to access approximately $130 million of remaining ARRA, or American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009 funds, to provide extended benefits through the end of this year. And also, it supplies $5 million to RRB for additional administrative costs. So that's how the CARE Act is, is uh, benefiting the, uh, the freight rail industry financially. Now, what we think is the most significant development uh, that uh, has an effect on the freight railroads is the Federal Railroad Administration's issuance of a 60-day emergency waiver for certain requirements of the FRA's uh, safety regulations. Uh, the FRA responded immediately, uh, and, and we can thank uh, uh, the administrator, Ron Batori, for pushing this forward. Uh, they responded to a petition from a joint petition from the uh, the AAR, the Association of American Railroads, the American Shortline and Regional Railroad Association, and APTA, the American Public Transportation Association. So, uh, basically, this this gives waivers uh, for cer certain conditions, and I, let me let me go through these. Um, so. The, uh, the activation of this, uh, it's called an ERD, or an Emergency Relief Docket. So activation of the ERD enables the FRA to utilize emergency waiver procedures 
And uh, under that section, once the administrator activates the ERD, the FRA may grant the petition for a waiver without prior notice and, and comment. Uh, provided that the waiver is not inconsistent with railroad safety and it is necessary to address the actual or impending emergency situation. So the FRA said the, that the petitioners uh, represented the vast majority of railroads operating uh, in, in the United States. And um, uh, they also said that if any party desires a public hearing on the petition, uh, well, it's too late. <laughs> the, uh, they had to notify the FRA by, uh, by the end of the day on March 28th. As far as we know, there were no uh, requests for, for public hearings. I don't think there was any, any need for that. Bill, what do, you, what do you think about that? I mean, do you think this, uh, this exemption could last longer than 60 days the way, the, the way things are going, this waiver? I would, yeah, I would think it could. You know, the FRA is in direct control of, uh, of the waiver, and they can extend it if necessary. So uh, if, uh, if things keep going uh, the way they're going and, and they don't get better, they get worse, uh, I, I, I would imagine, uh, yes, they, they, they will do that. And, and I believe track inspection is, is part of those jobs, right, that are kind of can be put on hold for the next? Yes, Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Bill. Mm-hmm. What kind of, say it does go beyond 60 days. Uh, say they say another 30 days tacked onto that. Uh, do you think that that's going to really uh, affect track inspection services? And, I mean, how often these tracks have to be inspected? Is this going to really knock them out of cycle? It could because uh, if, you, if you look at the, uh, at the relief now, they're, uh, I'll just go through some of these. Uh, the first one is uh, a certain track inspection. Uh, the, there's temporary relief granted from certain track inspection, what's called time interval dependent requirements that are contained in the uh, Code of Federal Regulations, uh, CFR 49 Part 213. Um, so that, uh, yes, you're, 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 you're correct. Um, but again, um, I don't, the FRA is not going to do anything that is going to uh, compromise uh, safety. So you've, you've, you have a lot of contacts in the, in the freight industry. You've been talking to a lot of people since COVID-19. You know, there was the outbreak there. The pandemic was, was uh, declared. What, what feeling are you getting in the freight rail industry as far as how the industry is dealing with it and how they're really working with it, so to speak? Well, Bill, I had a chat yesterday with uh, uh, Conrail Shared Assets, which has uh, operations in north, northern New Jersey, southern New Jersey, and Detroit. And I asked them how they were dealing with things because they're they're a sw essentially a switching and terminal railroad, but they uh, they do everything in house. They do their uh, uh, track work, uh, locomotive maintenance, and other things. And um, so, in terms of uh, track work. Uh, uh, they made a decision, as an example, to delay installation of a uh, retarder at Oak Island Yard because installation of the retarder requires that employees are kind of work very closely together, too close. Uh, on the other hand, uh, they're going ahead with a with a switch replacement uh, because uh, the the switches, which generally you know turnouts, which generally come pre-assembled 
those those can be dropped into place uh, with with employee and, and welded and whatever has to be done with employees staying a safe distance away from each other. On the mechanical side, um, they were telling me that over the weekend when the when the traffic tends to quiet down, they went through 45 locomotives up at their their shop in um, uh, Oak Island Yard. Uh, and they sanitized all of them, wiping down the cabs, uh, just doing everything to ensure that, uh, that, that they're clean and safe. Um, and the general feeling I get uh, from talking not only to Conrail but also with, uh, with others, uh, others around, around, the, around the industry, uh, both uh, Class 1s and Short Lines and Regionals, is that the employees are really motivated uh, there, there, uh, there has not been a high level of, of absenteeism. Um, th these, these folks that are working out there uh, in the field uh, uh, and also in, in, in the office spaces are um, like, like dispatching centers, uh, customer service uh, call-in centers. They're, they're very, very dedicated. Um, and that's, that's encouraging. They feel, they feel that you know, they have an essential job to do. And um, of course, with the with the uh, with the waiver from the the emergency waiver, emergency relief, uh, they are exempt from fe any federal travel restrictions. Now let's let's talk about this two trillion dollar stimulus package that was just passed. Now, you know, I can I can talk about from the transit side, but I, I want to ask you. I believe um, one billion dollars is going to be given to Amtrak. I mean, is this is this going to make much of a difference this boost in in funding well for for amtrak uh uh i i i think it's it's going to provide some relief from their loss of revenue which has been uh just just devastating you know the, a lot of services are are they've cut way back uh, even even on the, nor the northeast corridor uh there there's uh, services that have been uh been reduced. Uh, uh, for example, the uh, the Acela uh, Express, the higher speed trains, those aren't working anymore. Um, they, they've had to take trains out of service, and uh, you know Amtrak has said that um, they're, they ex they've told their employees that uh, they may have to uh, expect pay cuts and furloughs. And uh, but uh, you know Richard Anderson, uh, uh, to his credit, gave uh, a town hall, or rather conducted a town hall meeting, a call-in town hall meeting, and he said that he was going to do everything possible to preserve jobs and, 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 and keep things going. Uh, uh, capital projects for Amtrak, um, there's, uh, there, there, there are some funds uh, in the, in the uh, stimulus package that would uh, allow Amtrak to keep, uh, keep working on some of the, nor for example, the Northeast Corridor capital projects, but these are not, not the expansion projects. For example, uh, Gateway, which, which is uh, uh, still, still in the uh, preliminary st uh, planning stages. This, uh, this is state of good repair. And... Um, uh, things like catenary maintenance, for example, welded rail, ties, ballast. Uh, so, the, so that $1.4 billion will go to, will go to some of that uh, as well. So on the transit side, <clears throat> a little bit of a bleaker picture. You know, as you know, um, transit agencies will receive $25 billion from that $2 trillion stimulus package. 
and you know obviously that's going to be divided up between light rail rail and buses um there's what hundreds of transit agencies in this country so I, I personally think it's probably a drop in the bucket. I mean, sure, these transit agencies are going to take whatever they can get right now because ridership in some areas is down as much as 80%. So the transit agencies are, are hurting badly um, because of this. Just a couple of notes here, uh, some recent developments. The San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency pulled their light rail trains from service and they're actually closing some of their well all of their subway stations as a result of the COVID-19 and the state's shelter in place order Santa Clara's Valley Transportation Authority they one of their student operator train operators came down with COVID-19 last week so they completely shut everything down immediately when when they learned about this I believe it happened around you know, 9 or 10 o'clock at night, they found out about it. They had six trains out there. They called them all back in, and uh, they're sanitizing everything down, and, and they're suspending this light rail service. And in replace of the light rail service, they're basically servicing the area with buses. And the, the VTA is probably going to be doing this for quite some time. Uh, I just mentioned the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency they're going to be using buses primarily. Do you, do you see a pattern here, Bill? Do, I mean, do you really see buses being the clearer choice during this COVID-19 outbreak as they kind of shut down light rail trains and adjust their schedules? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of ironic, actually. The, uh, uh, what what I what we've heard uh, in the news uh, with with some some people from the CDC and uh, from the White House uh, saying, you know, stay off the trains and stay off the buses. Don't don't uh, uh, just leave those services for uh, emergency responders and and medical personnel. Uh, that's what Governor Cuomo uh, in New York has 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 told uh, the uh, the MTA in, in New York City. Uh, the MTA has uh, has a huge bus fleet too, and and they're taking special steps to um, uh, uh, to uh, for for bus operations. For example, the, you, you can only board through the rear for, through the, the rear doors on a bus. Now, I don't see how a a bus can be safer than a uh, than a rail vehicle. I, I I would think that probably the uh, operating the rail service is more expensive uh, than operating a bus because uh, you know buses operate on city streets or, or busways and they don't require uh, the 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 right of way doesn't require nearly as much as much maintenance and inspection as a, a, a rail transit system. Uh, so I think it's purely from a cost, uh, a cost standpoint. We've seen this in other agencies. And, uh, uh, but from a safety standpoint, I think you're much better off on a, on a train. Yeah, no, no doubt. And it's funny, you know, I think you hit, hit it right in the head there that it's cheaper to run the buses because I was talking to uh, someone at uh, another transit agency last week, and they're saying, you know, we disinfect our buses and we disinfect our train cars, but as soon as they get back out into service, the minute, you know, they pick up their first batch of passengers, they are no longer disinfected. 
So that's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I, I think we, we can, we can reasonably ascertain that it, it, it is a, uh, a cost, uh, a cost function. And that's, and that's understandable. You know, if your revenue is that far off, uh, if you, and you're going to continue to provide some level of service, uh, um, I guess the, but from a purely financial standpoint, the bus is the best way to go, unfortunately, but one other piece of news here, and I know you're well familiar with this Fitch ratings placed five large U S public transit agencies on a rating watch negative. And those agencies are the metropolitan transportation authority, San Francisco Bay area, rapid transit district, which is BART Washington metropolitan area transit authority, the Metropolitan Atlanta Rapid Transit Authority and the Regional Transportation District out in Denver, Colorado area. Uh, you know what? The MTA was asking for, just the MTA was asking for $4 billion of federal stimulus money. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to get that, but I can just, I can see this list getting even bigger, can't you? Yes, uh, and and what you're going to see is is competition among the agencies uh, for funding, uh, but no doubt the the agencies with the uh, the largest agencies with the biggest financial need are going to uh, uh, are going to get the the biggest slice of uh, of the pie. I was just going to talk about also you know you look at you look at the other um, mechanism that funds these transit agencies and that's you know in a lot of places it's sales taxes and you know as far as when it comes to new construction and track maintenance and all that they rely on sales taxes in the area and with businesses essentially shutting down and president trump is basically extending that to april 30th there the receipts are getting from the sales taxes are are basically nothing so they, they, on top of the drop in ridership, they are also getting hit on the other end with a drop in sales tax receipts. Yes, uh, it's, it's a double or, or a, a triple whammy because uh, transit agencies, as, as, as we well know, uh, depend upon multiple funding streams. Uh, not only for the, there's federal government, there's a, uh, state, local, regional, and uh, sales tax. Uh, there's, um, uh, there's, there's, uh, for, then there's, there, there's real estate uh, revenues on, on some properties where they, they, they own uh, real estate for retail businesses, for example. Now, if those businesses are shut down, uh, can, can the transit agency expect uh, the, uh, the tenants to pay, to pay their rent if they have no revenue? You know, um, there's there's so many. Th- this 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 is the perfect storm, Bill. It it, it really is. Uh, um, one other thing, uh, the the city of Boston uh, now, throughout this shelter in place and the shelter in place orders that are being thrown out there by several states now, California was the first. You know, the city of Boston just said, you know what, they came out. Uh, I believe maybe a couple weeks now, they came out and said, you know what, we're suspending construction activity in the city. Now, construction activity is still going on in pretty much every other city. But, I, I mean, you are close to, I mean, you're right there. You're right by the epicenter of this COVID-19 uh, in the United States. But New York is getting worse by the hour. 
I mean, is there a chance that they might be shutting down construction projects, you know, in the city of New York? That's entirely possible. Uh, you know, on the the uh, transit side, of course, the uh, the New York uh, MTA has has a number of major capital projects ongoing. Uh, East Side Access, Second uh, Avenue Subway uh, uh, section, you know, uh, uh, section two. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, construction projects underway and, um, I, I don't see how they can continue at, le at least for now. Yeah. You know, if it just, the numbers out of New York alone are just staggering. I, I, it could reach a point in New York, at least in New York, that they do shut everything down. You know, whether that extends out to California, Chicago, um, Illinois, Florida, that, that's yet to be seen, but I mean, it's only going to get worse in California. I mean, California, Illinois, um, Texas, Florida, they're going to start seeing New York-type numbers with this COVID-19 virus. Yes, yeah. The, you know, New York is the epicenter. Uh, there are uh, there have now been uh, over well over 1,000 uh, deaths confirmed, and that's uh, close to 50% of the uh, deaths from COVID-19 across the entire country. Um, it's just, uh, and uh, of course, they, New York has the, uh, uh, the hospital ship, the Comfort, that's taking care of non-COVID-19 cases, so, so freeing up the hospitals. Uh, there, sadly, there, uh, there were um, two, uh, now the number is three, but uh, there, there were three transit, uh, New York City transit workers uh, who, uh, who died from uh, COVID-19, there was uh, a um, subway motorman, a bus driver, and a track, uh, a track supervisor, track worker, uh, and they all died within a couple of days of each other. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really exposed, and um, uh, it's good to see that, that the MTA came through with providing the workers, uh, uh, the frontline employees, as they're, as they're called, with, uh, uh, with masks, uh, 75,000 with more to come. Uh, of course, the union, the, the TWU, uh, Transit Workers Union, uh, Local 100, uh, they really pushed, uh, pushed for this. And, um, um, it, but it took some time for the MTA to, to come through and, and provide these uh, uh, devices, these uh, personal protective devices. Uh, sadly, um, Pat Foy, who is the MTA chairman, is uh, was diagnosed, and uh, as far as we know, he's okay. But he is he's in self isolation, and he is the first. Uh, uh, railway major railway executive or transportation executive that we know of who's who's been affected who's been been diagnosed and let's let's talk about that a little bit as far as you know the transit workers being exposed on the front lines now you know the medical medical personnel the healthcare workers they're on the front lines they're obviously they're getting all this press coverage and they should i mean they're really putting their lives in danger uh, testing people out, treating them. You got grocery store clerks that are being exposed. Uh, they're an essential service. They have to stay open. They're being exposed to COVID-19. But I'm going to make a stand here for our industry because you know what? I don't. We're not getting recognized enough, I don't think, in the mainstream media because these people, these 
rail operators are they have to take people, healthcare workers, grocery store workers, people that are essential to really fighting this virus, they have to take them from point A to point B. So let's not forget about that train operator that is also putting themselves in harm's way and they're on the front line as well. I don't think they're getting enough press. Do you? I don't, I don't think they're getting enough uh, uh, attention, press, recognition, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, granted, a, um, a subway motorman, uh, that's a traditional name, uh, sub- subway motorman is, uh, is not going to be as vulnerable to exposure because that the operator is, is um, locked in, in, a, in a secure cab where there's no access to. So they're sort of protected. But... Uh, but what about the people, uh, the people that are out there on, on the platforms, okay? Uh, customer service people, um, the, the conductors, all right? You have the, uh, the conductors on, on New York City Transit. You know, they're located about mid-train. And whenever the train pulls into a station, they've got to, they've got to op- open their window from, from their operating cab, you know, where they close, open and close the doors, and they have to look down the platform both directions. And frequently, uh, people will come up to them face to face and ask questions, uh, you know, uh, any number of questions. And uh, <laughs> how do you avoid contact like that, especially when, when you're dealing with, uh, uh, with uh, an emergency service worker or a doctor? Um, you know, police or fire. You know, you, you've got to. You, you can't. You can't close the. Say, go away. Close the window. You've got to. You, you have to do your job. Part of doing your job is interfacing with the public. So, uh, hopefully, these uh, uh, measures of protecting them with masks and other things will uh, will help. But yeah, you're right, Bill. Absolutely, these these folks are out there. Uh, they're they're operating the trains. They're they're out on the track, uh, making sure that the the, the right of way is uh, is safe and inspected. That meets all all guidelines, all codes. Um, yeah, yeah. They um, they deserve a lot more recognition than, than they've gotten. Absolutely. Well, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to this uh, special podcast on uh, COVID-19 and, uh, and how the railroad industry is, uh, is dealing with it. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, my uh, co-host here, uh, Bill Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Railway Track and Structures. Uh, be sure to stay tuned to our, our regular updates on, on what's happening. And uh, most important, keep yourselves uh, safe and healthy. Uh, as we say in the industry, have a safe day.